Blog Talk Radio. Bless you. Good afternoon. You are listening to Global Gospel. I'm your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend, and we are excited to be sharing with all of you, our listeners, on today. We want you to know that we don't own the rights to any of the music that you hear today, but we pray that is a blessing to each and every one of you, to you, you, and you. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbors to log on to www.blog. Talkradio.com slash global hyphen 
Gospel. Uh, let them know that we Global Gospel is live on the air, and we have a message for you today. Uh, we we have a uh, message to inform you, to empower you, to encourage you, to uplift you, and that is our prayer on today. If you would like to reach us, we are on social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on Tumblr. So all you have to do is look at look up Global Gospel. Send us a friend request, uh, share our page, uh, tag us. Certainly, we will be glad to hear from each one of you. If you want to reach us, you can reach us at P.O. Box 5331. That is in Hempstead, New York. If you'd like to email us, email us at globalgospel17 at gmail.com. Uh, we are moving expeditiously on today because we have a great uh, panel that is lined up. Uh, to share with you on this Saturday afternoon. We want you to know that all our shows are archived. Um, so if, perhaps if you miss any portion, you can log on at any time and listen again and share. Our theme scripture here at Global Gospel comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. It is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew and also to the Greek. The gospel is for you, you and you, the rich, the poor, the black or white. The gospel is here to heal you, to save you, to deliver you and set you free, to encourage you on today and for the rest of your life. So we have a great lineup for you. Uh, this song says, uh, after this, and our show title today is after this, what is the new normal part? One And so we know that uh, so much is going on in the world today, uh, but we want uh, everyone to be encouraged and to know that God sees all, he knows all, and he's still in charge. And certainly God will get the glory out of all of our lives. There shall be glory after this. Stay tuned. And after this, you will be hearing from our very special guests.
bless you. I bless you. I'm back, and you are listening once again to Global Gospel. And our special guests are here in studio on today, and we are going to uh, let everyone uh, give a brief introduction of themselves. God bless you, Brother Ryan. Tell us who you are. Hey, good evening. Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is uh, Brother Ryan Wilson. I'm uh, a member of Pentecostal City Mission Church in Far Rockaway, where I'm the sound engineer and head of the media team. God bless you. Uh, Sister Tina. Hey, everybody. My name is Tina Wilson, and I attend Restoration at Life Changing Ministries, and I work part-time ministry at Shiloh Church here in Jacksonville as the Youth Music Director. God bless you. Minister Shana. Hi, everyone. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Shana, and uh, I attend I Am The Way Church of Christ in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, serve in a variety of capacities, but my uh, main role is being a minister, supporting the leadership staff, um, and just preaching the gospel. <laughs> Amen. Minister Derek. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Minister Derek McDonald II. Uh, I serve as a licentiate minister of the First Baptist Church of Far Rockaway. I'm also serving as director of music at the Antioch Baptist Church of Hempstead, New York. God bless you, Reverend Andre. How y'all doing? I am Reverend Dr. Andre K. Hardaway. I am an associate minister at the Faith Baptist Church in Hempstead, New York, uh, where my pastor is the Reverend Joe L. Brown. Um, served as a musician there all as well. And uh, currently in the state of Georgia and the city of Brunswick, serving as interim pastor of the Zion Rock Missionary Baptist Church in Brunswick, Georgia. Amen. God bless you. God bless each and every one of you. We thank you for taking time out of your schedule to share on this Saturday afternoon uh, with Global Gospel. And certainly these are my uh, peers, my uh, colleagues, um, and certainly we represent a, a, a group of young people. And I think it's safe to say that we're all under 40, or if you're like me, you're pushing 40, but we praise God for... <laughs> That was shady on the low low <laughs> Well I'm just saying I'm, just, I'm keeping it real And so You know we went to high school together So you know you and I pushing forward See I didn't I didn't ask anybody for confession Now you have to tell all your business I didn't ask for confessions But you know Confession is good for the soul But anyway um, so we thank God for each and every one in this uh, lively crowd. And certainly uh, we represent uh, a group of young people. These are the Levites, the minstrels, the gospel preachers, the traveling uh, evangelists, uh, musicians, uh, engineers, uh, trained professionals, skilled uh, people that are working for God's kingdom and in God's kingdom and doing kingdom work. And certainly on uh, today, as we speak in 2020, uh, there is so much going on in the world. And so uh, the show title today after this, what is the new normal? And so certainly going forward, and this is part one, because um, we have a wealth of knowledge and information here. And certainly uh, we know that we can't contain this in this short time period. And uh, we believe that God will allow us to uh, unite again to discuss some issues. And so um, 
we we are dealing with pandemic, um, social distancing, uh, COVID nineteen. Our um, churches have lost membership. Our membership have lost pastors and leaders. And certainly, moving forward, the world is going is not going to be the same place as we once knew it. And so, the first thing we're we're going to discuss today is. Uh, social distance and so um, we know that even going into the grocery store to the supermarket to the uh, pharmacist to wherever we go now there is a a social distance uh, situation and many of us we are not uh, assembling in our churches as we normally do Uh, some of them are some uh, essential musicians or ministers are assembling there, but we know that there are capacity limits and we represent different places in different areas. So the first thing is social distance. How do we think uh, moving forward, how are we affected now by certain things such as um, communion and baptism and fellowshipping and uh, certainly greeting one another and we are away from each other. We have no physical contact with the people that we are used to seeing on a weekly basis. So um, how do we feel about this? And we'll just, we'll just start, I guess we'll just go start um, with uh, how the same way that we introduced ourselves. Brother Ryan? Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> as, far as, as far as where social distancing goes, uh, I understand the need for it. But at the same time, we, uh, as members of the kingdom, we have to we have to use wisdom. I can't imagine with everything that's going on, I still can't imagine there never being a baptism ever again. So you can't convince me that's never going to happen again. I know the world is different as we know it. So I think what's going to happen is there needs to be new strategies as to how we're going to accomplish the same tasks that we used to in the past. Um, as far as communion, I know we're going to have to evolve the way in which we do it. Perfect example, uh, for the first time last week, my church assembled um, through Zoom to have fellowship. And so tomorrow, what we'll actually be doing is having communion because we typically have communion on the first Sunday of every month. So, you know, everyone's going to have to pretty much get their sacraments the way they normally would. You know, we just kind of have to uh, improvise, but we will actually be having communion service. It's going to be different how we normally do it, but it'll still be done. So I think what's going to happen with the whole social distancing is now it's going to require churches to evolve and adapt their mindset to something new, something fresh, something different. And thankfully, we serve a God that can always you know, be the source of fresh, of new, and of different. So I think it's something that can still be done. It's just going to require us to think differently. Okay. Um, Minister McDonald. Um, again, good afternoon. Um, I am an employee of the NTI Baptist Church of Hempstead, so we still have um, worship, but it is controlled in regards to the amount of people that come into the church. Um, when I think of baptism, um, I ask the question, well, what is baptism? You know, is baptism by water a prerequisite to salvation or entering into the kingdom of God? You know, baptism is only a sign, a sign to everyone that you have been transformed, redeemed, and changed by the power of the word of God 
and the blood of Jesus Christ and the continuing power of the Holy Ghost to bear good fruit. Um, so if I don't see another baptism again, I'd rather see changed lives more than I would rather see people go with water. So the baptism aspect does not bother me. I think when it comes to communion, though, you have a lot of churches who are very old school. Like I grew up at French and Baptist Church of Roslyn, and I remember Reverend Hunter breaking the mic, you know, um, pouring the juice. You know, I think that as we've gotten older, we've become more health conscious, you know, and not just, wash, you know, water in a bin or a, a basin that they wash their hands, but just being more conscious. So I think like the prepared, you know, the prepped communion is good because it helps us to understand exactly what is more important. Um, when it comes to fellowshipping, you know, I practice social distancing on Sunday anyway. Um, because I just don't like everyone in my space. I'm a little quirky and weird like that. You know, after having a wonderful worship experience, you know, it's that one hello, that one, uh, that one, the music was too loud, that one, you know, you shouldn't put that on, you know, the one, you know, that perfume too, like little stuff like that can easily distract me. It easily take me from a mindset where I just went from the throne room and ready to start being like Jesus and turning over tables in the temple. Uh, so because of that, I always <laughs> practice social distancing on a Help Sunday morning because it's Help imperative for my spirit. Absolutely. And that's what the continuing power of the Holy Ghost is doing. He's working on me. But now people can see through social distancing why I feel the way that I do, because they understand that they come to church, they hear the word, they get poured into, and they come out and bear good fruit. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> That's about the second. All right, we we hear you. So, um, on the on the uh, on this, 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 this subject of discussion here, social distancing, and um, so uh, Minister Shana, social distancing, um, and you, I know you um do a lot of ministry, not necessarily in the four walls of the church, but um, right, you do other forms of ministry. Um, yes. so your your spin on this. Uh, well, so interesting that the question shifts when it comes to me, but <laughs> I, just I, have, that... I happen to know everybody uh, personally on this panel, so I'm sorry. I know, I I'm know. just it's fine. Okay. I'm teasing. I'm okay. adding to the flair of the discussion, but okay. um, I recently have been shifted to doing online ministry. So on the onset, I'm very traditional. I'm a qualitative researcher. What that means is mm-hmm. I like people. I like the sensory. I'm very big on that. How are you feeling? I'm also a counselor. So I like to be in the presence of people. Uh, I pick up a lot in that regard. And then I think I do really good quality work when I can see the person's face, feel them, sense them and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I also noticed that my calendar got canceled just like everybody else's calendar got canceled um, on the onset of mid-March. So everything transformed into online ministry. So similar to what we're doing now by phone conferencing, um, by Zoom, it seems like everybody is now trying to get over the curve because we being in our age group. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like now everyone is just now getting to it, but we've been doing this for so long, right? We've been doing FaceTime, right? Um, Amongst our Mm -hmm. peers, we've been using social media in these very communicative ways. So now churches and other institutions where there are older 
generations that are trying to beat the curve and catch up, uh, there's a challenge. So I think in relation to how to serve as it relates to technology, it's more of a learning experience than anything. So now folks are needing to have the education on how to use the tools, um, how to effectively make it work for them. Some people, I've seen examples where it wasn't as well thought out, but more so it could have been you could have taken an idea from someone and it probably wasn't really at your mastery level, so it didn't come out as well. So I think it's really important very diplomatic. I think it's really important for people to seriously look at, okay, these things are happening. This is the change, and it's okay because change is good, right? And so um, we have to remember that although things are changing, how can we remain authentic? So I think what Mm. people are missing is the authenticity, which is what the church needs to maintain in the the realm of transition. So even though we're using technology, how are we as a faith institution maintaining our authenticity? How are we maintaining our connection? How are we maintaining that same feel and effect that if we were in the four walls of the sanctuary or if I were or you were standing in front of a congregation? How are we able to do this work in a way that it's still authentic to you and your quality and your ministry? Because remember, when we look at the life of Christ and everything that he did, no matter what location he went to, no matter what challenge was in front of him, he was still his authentic self. So I think if people keep that mantra in the forefront of their minds while they're trying to adapt, uh, become more applicable and acclimate, how are you maintaining authenticity? We all have our communities that we serve. We all have our niche. I think it's important that no matter what we're doing, that we still be true to ourselves and true to our purpose. Okay. I hear you. So, um, and you brought up an you brought up an issue um, as far as authenticity, and which brings us to technology. So Ryan, just know that I'm going to come back to you about that technology <laughs> piece, but okay. but I'm going to continue with social distancing. And so, um, Sister Tina, uh, you are an educator as well, and so yeah. social distancing. How is this uh, affecting you? How what is your perspective on this, or how are you adapting to this change? Well, speaking from my personal experience, my students all have uh, special needs, and it has been very difficult for my staff to um, provide education without being able to, as mentioned before, see the reactions, know if a child is confused or if they grasp what you're trying to teach them, because we do so much with body language, you know, we read each other. And um, I've noticed that with my conferences, I've had some people will turn on their cameras and some won't. And you have, I mean, I've always navigated which direction to go in based off of the body language of people. Um, So it's made it become an interesting process to communicate without being able to see, without being able to touch, without being able to feel exactly what's happening in the room. And I think now more than ever, I understand the importance of touch because I can be a little bit like my brother earlier. Um, You know, you can miss me with 30,000 hugs. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel you. I I told you I'm the only one. You're not the only one. (laughs) 
Like I I have um at my my church our pastor encourages us to hug one another and things of that nature and I would always like hug myself and just be like, yeah. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it. But but now with social distancing, um, in education, but even in the church, that point of contact has been removed and um I think that now God is challenging families to become that point of contact, whereas we depended on the church to be that place where we embrace and that place where we, you know, rub somebody on the back and encourage them, hold their hand and tell them that everything is going to be okay, that that is having to come back into the home, even if it's an uncomfortable thing, that that's the only resort that we can, you know, lean on right now. But um, from an education standpoint, it has been difficult, not only for the teachers, but also for the students and their socializing with their peers, um, you know, kids group up who, when they have something in common. And right now that has been taken away and people are having to adjust and figure out how to feel about that. So it's definitely had a great impact on everyone. And I'm, I'm not sure that um, the, the students who have encountered this will, um, you know, they will have to recover from this. This is very traumatic what has happened to them. So I'm interested to see uh, what kind of things happen after this to restore them to trusting touch again, to trusting um, being with one another again. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how that plays out. Wow. Yeah. Reverend uh, Andre, and Reverend uh, Andre, you do a lot of um, traveling, and so I know as as well. So I know your traveling shoes are probably uh, on a little bit of a break. But social distancing, um, how how has that uh, changed you in this season and and going forward? What do you expect? Well, um, it has changed me in the aspect of the fact that. Uh, you know me. You know I'm, I, I'm, I'm used to preaching. You know, you know, preaching in a in, you know, in a pulpit. Um, and I mean, even though preaching is it, it, it's not and it should not be relegated just to the, the confinement of the pulpit or the church. Uh, but it has changed me in the fact that um, I am now having to uh, preach the word of God with the same fervor and the same zeal. Um, you know, through social media, the mediums of social media, um, and or uh, settings like this, um, I'm after having grown up in an environment where, uh, you know, when you when you Baptist, you 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 preach you preach in that pulpit and you sit your hind parts down, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, you know, growing up old school, you know, and you know. Church I grew up, we old, we was old school, you know, uh, preaching via any type of screen uh, was unheard of when I was coming up, and it's now having to adopt a new normal, and I'm fairly comfortable with it because uh, it, in the matter of social distancing, hey, look, I, I, I guess a bit of my testimony, I uh, was seven, seven minutes from death back home. March the, March the 17th, I uh, had contracted or didn't know that I had contracted the virus, and I was down, uh, I had just preached in Jessup, Georgia, 
and was on my way back to New York and stopped in South Carolina at my mother's house. And that that Monday and that Tuesday morning, I woke up, couldn't breathe. And they told me when they got me to the, to the VA hospital, they said, if you hadn't had the presence of mind to call the ambulance, uh, you would have been dead in seven minutes. Wow. And, uh, uh, that, and that it taught, me, it taught me a lot uh, about social distancing, that, hey, everybody that come to church, you know how they got that thing, everybody come to church ain't saved. Well, everybody come mm-hmm. to church ain't clean. Well, that's a fact. I'm getting ready to start a, 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 a preaching about a hand sanitizer ministry. That's what I'm finna start preaching about. You know, so, yeah, I'm like, y'all, <laughs> <it's your home. laughs> clean hands, <laughs> inside and out. <laughs> so, Spiritual sanitizer. So, so uh, it, it has changed. It, it has not only changed me, but it has changed the whole scope of the worship experience. Uh, right. Because you know everybody so has become so comfortable with worshiping in the sanctuary and having the music and being a musician. Also, you know I'm I know what it is to be in worship and be sitting at the organ, and and you know worship is going on now. Honestly, it's not really uh, happening that way. Um, and, right. and I'm okay with that. I, I believe that God is really trying to get us to come out of our creature comforts and and, mm. and understand and understand that that this thing, He neither His ministry or His word should be confined just to a building or just to a certain amount of time on a Sunday morning. That, right. That's what I really believe is is, uh, is is happening, and what God is really trying to get us to see through this pandemic that that. that Okay, you used to going to church on Sunday morning at a certain time, and used to getting out at a certain time, and you used to certain things happening. Now, I believe God has to shake some things up in order to shake us up, in order for us to get uh, to where He needs us to be. Because too long have we operated in traditionalism and religiosity, and mm-hmm. and now He wants us to operate totally on His Wi-Fi. That's that's what I believe social distancing is really doing right now. The Holy Ghost, the power source. Okay. Mm-hmm. I- so um and just and just to say and well we're almost like halfway through and we we only got on got to one to- one topic so far but I just want to say about this social distance that um for all of those that have had a Pentecostal experience uh, such as I have so this is this whole issue of like you said being uh, sanitizing and uh, being clean now this brings on some new issues because I've been, we've been in services you know um, certain things such as laying on of hands even like um, yeah. like you we mentioned communion um, that's you know actually touching uh, things and you know we don't share the same cup like our Catholic counterparts the Protestants for the most part we don't so we don't really have an issue with that but there's also a um, sharing that goes on and then uh, some preachers I've never been one of those preachers but high five your neighbor um, where do we go from, from there and then you know there's some things that happen you know uh, like I said anointing people with oil and then some of us have been in some services where there's there's been some purging going on and and that's a whole another level of sanitary um, <laughs> issue about social distancing so now do all of these things uh, stop now, or do we handle it in a different way? Do we glove up to go in, into every worship 
experience or we mask up for every worship experience. We just don't know what the new regulations are going we to do. be. Moving, we do. We do the what? word of God. If you look, if you look at the word of God, the Bible says to lay hands suddenly on no man, right? Neither partake of another That's man's right. sin. So we do not have the privilege to just go out and just slaying people like we're, you know, Jesus slayers all day because the Bible specifically says lay hands subtly on no man. In other words, you right. have to operate in a certain gift. Jesus practiced social distancing. Jesus was surrounded yeah. by a ton of people, but he had 12 homeboys that he hung with. And he had some girls on the side who hung with the homeboys too. But when he went a little bit further, he had another group of people. And it seems like the closer Jesus got to Gethsemane, he was by himself, and there were three people waiting on him behind. You know how it is? Yep. If, if we focus and use our blueprint, which is the word of God, and follow the actions of Christ, it will answer to so many questions. And I would say the churches as a whole are not relevant because the reality is if we just did what Jesus did, we'll be all right. If, listen, yep. I wouldn't go into a church and lay hands on 100 people unless the Lord told me to lay hands. Because, see, I know what's inside of me. I don't know what's inside of you. And I don't want what's inside of me coming inside of you, and I sure enough don't want what's inside of you coming inside of me. So I'm going to have a conscientious uh, uh, conversation with, with God and the power of the Holy Ghost to see, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Even still, I've had people who come and lay hands on me, and I look at them, I'm like, listen, not today. I have no problem doing that. Lamar, you know I have no problem. No Don't call my name. My <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> right. I'm like, God bless you. I put my hand up. God bless mm. you. You know, in Jesus' name. You mm. know, and it's not a matter of being offensive, but see, I know um, what my spirit can house. I don't can't listen to certain things. I can't entertain certain things because my spirit is sensitive, especially when it's open. And when it's open, the only voice I want to hear is the voice of God or the vessel of God that, that's being used to impart into me, which would only be a confirmation of what the Lord has already told me. Dang. If we focus on what the word of God says, if we focus on what Jesus did, it eliminates our technology issues, everything else. Listen, and, and the reality is this. What, what one thing that the COVID-19 has really taught us when it comes to, like, technology and everything else is, you know, pastors and preachers can't hide behind choirs and praise teams, you know, yep. and, and everything else. Mm. Because mm-hmm. you have people who have storefront churches are on the same plateau as people with mega churches. Every church right, yep. has open enrollment right now. Every church mm-hmm. in the world has open enrollment. And the reality is we don't know why it took so long for churches to catch on. So when it comes to looking at a T.D. Jakes or a Lance Watson or a Maurice, um, Maurice Watson or a, a Freddie Haynes, uh, that ministry seems easy for them because they're accustomed to being on what we would call a world stage. But when you look at our churches, you know, we got a hard time people to call into a phone number for prayer, yet alone getting them to log in on something on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Right. We got a hard time right. getting people to come to the actual building on Sunday morning, rather than trying to prompt them and promote them and boast them to get on a call or to log onto a Zoom. But the commonality is that we're all in the same place, mentally, right. spiritually, emotionally, seeking and searching for something that God only can provide. 
And we have to glean from one another and glean from examples. Because guess what? There's no master of a pandemic prototype of ministry. I don't believe that. I think everyone is just at a loss for words. Right. Mm-hmm. We're at, this, what this has done is actually, it has, as you said, the big church, the small church, this has leveled the playing field uh, for right. all the preachers and musicians. And so, which, which brings me to another point. So what is our, our message to people today? How are we going to keep people holding on? Because, okay, so there's many people that have now found um, the word or song in the confines of their own bedroom, their living room, their car, and not that we didn't have access to these things before, but uh, now on Sunday morning, we actually have an excuse not to go to church and I can turn on my TV. So um, with that whole social no distancing, <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have to figure out when our church doors open, do we, how do we uh, get people to reassemble themselves again, you know, because this has brought on a new normal at this current time. And so what, so what, what I want to say, and I want to get this in because I don't want to run out of time. I definitely want to talk about this ministry. So there are many people that are in quote, um, full-time ministry, whether they be preachers, musicians, does after this, does full-time ministry still exist? And can you rely on the church, uh, to uh, take care of all of your uh, financial needs for those that are in full-time ministry. Minister uh, Shana. <laughs> well, uh, this is a loaded question. And let me, let me, let me, let me, let me I'm, I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there. This is not to reflect any one ministry. This does not reflect anybody's personal ministry. This is a open they question examples, they'll know who that, talking about. that we need to think about the people in our age group, because there are some people that are our age and younger. They are going to seminary or enrolled in seminary currently because their only goal is to be a full time pastor, a full time musician at a church. So now what? If I may, if I may interject here, uh, you know, you know me. You know, you we go back like like Cadillac season the '83 Elderville man. <laughs> you know, man. So, All right. So, so, age, so I'm too young to know what that means. What is that? What is that? So, I don't so, know. So, I don't know. But, but so, I, I, I've I've gone to seminary. You know that I've, I've matriculated and I've 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 done the work and not. Not not to, uh, not not going to seminary in an effort to try to prove that I'm smarter than anybody or 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 I'm better than anybody. That that's if if people are enrolling in seminary to become full time ministry just for that purpose alone, they in for a rude awakening. Because mm-hmm. the reality about seminary mm-hmm. is it is to give you the nuts and bolts of how to do this thing we call ministry. There absolutely is nowhere a handbook or a playbook on how to do this. The only thing that that you learn in seminary, whether you, it depends on what you are uh, matriculating for. And if you are matriculating for a, a, a degree in biblical studies or 
a degree in pastoral ministry or a degree in whatever it is that you may be matriculating in, um, full-time ministry, just because you've got a degree, uh, does not guarantee a full-time paycheck, not after this thing is going on. Um, you, you know, mm. it, it don't, that, 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 that seminary does not, just because you've got an education or you got the, the, the documentation that says that you matriculated, that don't guarantee you financial security. Uh, that much mm. I know, because you can go to school and you can get every, you can have more degrees than a thermometer. And still be, be making, you know, you still be making, you know, equivalent to what somebody making minimum wage is. You know, matter. Look, if you try to, especially now, uh, with churches now, and the way this thing is going on now, if people are going to seminary to become full time ministry, and, and and you know want that financial security, I'm telling you, uh, you, you better not quit your day job. <laughs> so you you hear the reality is. You bet, yo, no, you bet off clocking in and clocking out and, and, and let the Lord handle it, uh, the rest of it. Because if you're just going to school just to become a, a, a full-time, uh, come full-time ministry, yeah, um, you know, there, there, there are a whole lot of things that go along with that as well as, uh, you know, that does not guarantee your financial security or, or sanctity for the future. So that right. that 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 is a total wrong idea about going enrolling in seminary just so you can start preaching. Okay. Mm. And and so and so like you said, um, certainly we are in uh, dealing with some economic issues personally yeah. and you know globally. Our churches are. We know that the church is suffering right now because um, you know people tend to give more when they are present to give. Uh, Minister Shana, yeah. uh, moving forward, full-time ministry. So I um, have been a product of education on both spectrums. Um, currently going to be receiving a doctorate degree from my regular schooling and also secular schooling uh, through theology Dr. training. Um, not at all through my development yeah, in ministry have I ever been told um, not to work. Um, and I've grown up in traditional apostolic uh, faith, and they are very strict and traditional in the upbringing of women and men. Um, I have not ever been told in my pursuit of purpose, ministry, assertion, to not work. And I do both preach the gospel, teach, and an educator and a counselor. So I think that it depends on your cultural dynamics, your church culture, whether that is a narrative I would not encourage anyone as a result of my upbringing and my tutelage that someone should not work. I would never tell anybody I never earn a right uh, to live. I would never tell anybody to do not to do that. So for me, whether this pandemic hit or not, I have always encouraged folks to find a way that you can earn an income, earn a living, so that you're not at the mercy of a building closing, so that you're not yeah. at the mercy of someone mm. telling you um, either way the wind blows, I don't know. So that's why multiple streams of income are important, whether you're in ministry or not. So I don't think that this pandemic is teaching us anything different. I think it's more so as we should be very diligent, vigilant, uh, sober, and aware, as the Bible tells us. So if we right. have been doing these things, then um, no matter what shifts or seasons that come, 
you will always be prepared because the Bible tells us that we are a prepared people. And so when you are a prepared person, that means that you don't miss opportunities, you don't miss doors, and especially if you are discerning the way of, the, uh, of God and his direction, then you will always be ready. You would never have to get ready. And this requires you to be financially responsible, being a good steward, as the Bible says. Uh, This also reminds you to mind your own business, which means to take care of your own matters and your affairs, which is also indicative of taking care of your household. This is all scripture. So we're not learning anything new. This is more so showing the authenticity of folks as it relates to following the gospel instead of following men. So I think it's really, really important for us to remember that we already have instruction on how we should be living this thing called life um, and how to apply the written scripture because it's infallible. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new that comes in earth that we are not prepared for because God created it and he allowed it. And so I would encourage anybody, whether you are pursuing understanding so you can handle the gospel with skill, still get a job. Mm -hmm. If you are pursuing education because you want to remain in one of the economic sectors, still get a job. So Amen. I don't think right. that no Amen. one should be without any form of income, whether you have more than one stream, you should not be solely having all eggs in one basket. That's not operating yep. in wisdom. That's not functioning with skill. And that definitely right. does not represent the uh, success of God's spirit. I mean, we that name the name of Christ, we're required to be the standard and not follow standards. Yeah. So I Jesus do think was that so I do think that uh, folks should maintain um, their purpose. And as I know and as I've been taught and understood, purpose brings about wealth. Your money is in your, is in your identity, who you are. So if you're pursuing the things of God, money will follow you. Purpose will prosper you. Purpose will sustain right. you. So you would never be without. So yeah. I think that as it relates to this pandemic, it just shows the authenticity of those that have been maintaining the good fight of faith and maintaining their place in God so that they're not behind in this world curve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sister Tina, um, uh, being uh, bivocational, um, being leading worship in the church, leading the choir, uh, being a musician, and on the on the table is um, our financial status, full time ministry. Your spin on all of this. Um, I agree with a lot of things that was just said. Um, I've always kind of been a person who had several strands of income. It's just kind of how I it's my makeup. Um, but I think it's so important to remember that. Your trust in God will be challenged and tested. And sometimes, you know, when God is trying to show you who you are, he will remove certain things that you feel you rely on to make it. And it's not about picking the right job because jobs can come and go. All this stuff that we invest time in, um, even our degrees, we learn how limited we are sometimes through the tests and the trials that we go through. So, you know, I have for, I mean, since I could work, I've always had more than one job. And right now, 
simply having one job. I remember getting real emotional one day because I'm like, what am I doing? I only have one income. You know, the Lord is sustaining. The Lord is keeping. And if I had no income, he's still God. And I can still trust him. Somebody has some feedback. Somebody has some feedback. I'm not sure okay. what that is, but I'm I'm his child. So at the yes, end God. of the day, um, I I'm trusting in him, and we're learning more and more, you know, to put our trust in God and learning to cast down the the God that tries to rise in us, showing us like our hustle can make us accomplish this, or my drive mm. can make us accomplish that. Yeah. So you you are mm. nothing absent God. You are nothing right. absent his hand, his blessing, his favor. So um, did I, when I laughed when we talked about this full-time ministry, because that's just not my personality, but at the end of the mm. day, if God has called someone to full-time ministry, you best believe he will sustain. If that's he right. calls them to do that, you know. Um, so even in this time, you know, God has put, Different people in a position to bless others, and it's so interesting sometimes who he will use to bless you when you are down to nothing, you know, and even yeah. in that, there's a lesson because we we funny acting, so you you mm-hmm. want what you need and you want what you want it from who you want it from, and you want to get it a certain way so your pride can still be intact, and so your you you know all of your esteem can still be intact, and God is really just throughout our life here on earth, He is teaching us exactly who He is and who we are. Who we are with Him is, is not as drastic as who we would be without him. We we have God and we you know, we get upset and we throw hissy fits when things don't go our way. But God is just showing us, hey, you need me, honey. You need me more than you know. So um as far as this, yes, I still want my jobs. Yes, I still want to do this and I want to do that. But at the end of the day, God's will is gonna be done regardless of anything that we try to set up and build on this earth. He will cast it down. He will confuse language. He will cause a pandemic. He will he will make us acknowledge who he is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, well put. Uh, watch your voice. Sound like you were getting ready to give a Baptist close. You don't know how to do that. You don't know how to do that. Okay. He will I'm give you what to say at that hour. Um, so, <laughs> brother, brother Ryan, our is our uh, yeah. sound engineer, our technology guy, our entrepreneur, um, and you know he has so many entrepreneurial skills. And so, full time ministry, your spin on that in this season, in this hour, and moving forward. Well, I have to say I agree with a lot of what has been said so far. Uh, concerning full-time ministry. Um, I thank God that outside of uh, the ministerial capacity that I operate with at my church, I'm able to still, you know, run a business outside of that, you know. So as far as full-time ministry goes, I wouldn't know so much about that. However, I am fortunate enough in my business to be able to work with other ministries and have other churches as uh, clients. So I've seen certain things as far as what they're doing, um, how they're utilizing technology, 
in ministry. And uh, going back to what Minister Shana was saying about authenticity, that's super important. And I think that's one of the things that's going to help ministries, even in uh, being more entrepreneurial. I think uh, ecclesiastical entrepreneurship is something that's really important. I remember having a conversation with uh, one of my church clients several months ago, and um, one of the things they managed to do prior to, this is well before the whole COVID-19 and stuff, but um, one of the things their church managed to do was they bought a juice bar. And so it got to the point where now this is another source of income for the church to the point where the pastor told me, he said, well, you know, at this point now, tithes and offering is kind of like icing on the cake. If it comes or if it doesn't come, we'll be all right. So I think now more than ever, the church, and and remember, the church is not the physical building. It's not the edifice. It's us, right? So as we, being the church now, we now have to think of more entrepreneurial ways of being able to carry out what needs to be done. You know, as was mentioned before, you know, yeah, you should still be able to work while you're able to do ministry. So, And, and the thing that's so awesome about God is that God being the giver of gifts, God has given us gifts and talents. So the things that we need to be sustained, he's already given it to us, you know, and we just need to continue to tap into the source to say, okay, you've given me this gift, Lord. How do I use it? How do I use it to give you glory? How do I use it to spread your word? How do I use it to sustain my lifestyle, right? And and just pretty much go from there. But I think that uh, it's definitely possible. It's not the type of thing that uh, – you should go into with the with the desire to just do it. It, sh- it should just be the type of thing that you already have, but you got to stay with the source. You have to be in that constant communication with him. And I think now more than ever, people are starting to realize the importance of the relationship over the religion, over the tradition, over the things that we hold so dear when it comes to church, right? Now it's like, okay, now I need to, now it's not just about going through my pastor. Now I got to get down on my knees and I have to have a regular conversation with my father and say, listen, this is what's going on and I need your help. Amen. Amen. That is so, that is so um, important. And uh, to have a regular conversation <laughs> with the father and certainly men ought to always pray and not faint uh we are coming down to the close of this our number here we may be able to take one maybe two questions 619-924-0800 619-924-0800 minister mcdonald i didn't hear from you as pertaining to finances and uh ministry i believe um i know how church folk are you know i <laughs> do you I, I I really do because you know I've been to a lot of church I've been to a lot of church meetings to hear conversations, and it seems yeah. as if the only issue that comes up is how much the pastor is getting paid, because the pastor is a full time employee of the church. Pastor got a new car. Mm, our money's paying for his car. Ooh, pastor oh, pastor house. Our money got to go to buy pastor a new house. You know, pastor's kids went to a good college. My money don't went to pay for the pastor's kids to go to college. You know, and I have the 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 
the mindset that I just don't want people to look at me up and down and say, I've paid for that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just a, if it's a good mentality or not. Um, but when I go like on trips with the church and they're like, you know, but Minister Derek, you know, we have your room for you. I'm like, that's okay. I'll take care of my own lodging. You know, Minister McDonald, you know, we'll take care of your flight and everything. No, I'll take care of my own, you know, transportation because I'm not here to be a burden to the ministry. I'm here to be a blessing to the ministry. And because I have another job, you know, I can focus on the fact that that sustains me because church mm-hmm. folk, again, could be funny actors. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be full-time ministry, especially them country churches down there in the South. You know, you'd be passing yes, one Lord. minute, deacons calling church meeting the next Sunday, and before you know it, they're padded locks on there, and, you know, they'd be like, this here our church. You know, what? we need a pastor. You know, and they oh, want to I do it what, themselves. I know what you're talking about. Then looking at the, then looking at it from the perspective of your, you know, and, I, and because I'm a man, I look at it from my perspective. You know, if I'm married and, and go into full-time ministry and God forbid something happens to me, what happens to my wife who hasn't worked in years? Because I yeah. Insurance. You need insurance. <laughs> insurance, okay. Insurance, okay. But I want to make sure that my wife is educationally, financially equipped to sustain herself with what I provide beyond the grave. You know, and I think that's what the problem is. Uh, you know, I, I went to Dallas Baptist University, and everyone was looking for, you know, that MRS degree for the women or the doctorate or the MDiv degree. And I'm just like, y'all don't want yeah. jobs? Like, y'all don't want to go to, you know, y'all want to go, why don't y'all want work? You know, y'all want wow. people, you know. Amen, just, church. You know, <laughs> I never, un- right, like, I never understood that concept. And I don't have a problem Neither. doing full-time ministry you know, and I have no problem with people doing full-time ministry, but I'm like, you know, this is my house, not you your own. You want your own? My house. You can't knock right. on my door and tell me, you know, look at me, what's going on in your house. No, sir, this is my house. I pay the bills here. Right. You know, and not right. just with the money you give me, but I got a ministry. T.D. Jakes takes no salary from the Potter's house. All of his income comes from T.D. Jakes' ministry, his conferences, his books. You know, his CDs, his, his series, everything comes from his ministry because he Perfect. believes that the church he is to pour into as the world pours into him. Mm. You know, wow. and that's the perspective that I have when it comes to ministry. I believe in a self-sufficient, God-dependent man or woman of God. You know, that's right. I have, to, I have a 13-year-old son. I gotta look at what's you know if I'm pastoring the church, you know what's gonna happen to him when I'm gone. You know we awesome. just they're gonna have to put a picture of me in a, in a book, a, a black awning and everything else, and we're gonna be in the church archive. They're gonna find the pastor, and my wife is left in the middle of the street, looking mm, for right. a new house to live because and, I and, did not sustain her. Go ahead. And and certainly, I mean, in the time that we're living in right now, that is actually a that's not just a conversation, that's a reality, and it's happening um, quicker than we can imagine. Um, we are at the the conclusion of pretty much at the conclusion of this, um, and so our number six one nine nine two four zero eight zero zero, and I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to give um, in the next fifteen minutes to give. Um, their clothes. I do want to say um, this has been a learning experience for me as, for me as well. And um, brother Ryan, 
taught me ecclesiastical entrepreneurship. And so <laughs> All right. I'm going to try E-quared, to say that without uh, getting uh, tongue-tied. But I'm, going to, I'm going to use that again. But I do want to share with Second uh, Peter 1 and 3, and this kind of uh, summates what everyone just shared. Um, the Bible says, according as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue and certainly god has given us everything that we uh uh that we need as far as education and um finances it's there we may have to struggle sometimes but you know god gives us he will provide somebody said it uh, already that he will provide um whatever you need and sometimes it comes from um unlikely um sources and so i just wanted to uh open up this conversation after this part one as you see we cannot discuss everything that uh we would like to discuss but we thank each and everyone um who has shared with us and we brought up some issues uh about uh being authentic and um having a, a sound message and so and one of the things that i did want to talk about today is um now moving forward because we we've done a lot of playing um around with um, the words and with um, slogans and um, using um, slangs and different bandwagons and uh, in, in church. But now we people really need to hear the word of God. They need to hear songs that are, are praising God, that are uplifting. And so as I ask each and every one of you to give your inclusion uh, uh, for today uh, after this, uh, I just want you to share with us what your moving forward, what your message uh, is uh, to God's people, and what your ministry is now moving forward, or what you think ministry should be uh, moving forward. I'm going to start with um, Reverend Hardaway. Moving forward, this is your your clothes, your Baptist clothes. <laughs> <laughs> But listen, listen, listen. Uh, Let me take that back. Let me take that back because a Baptist clothes has like three different clothes. So when we say one, that depends on who the Baptist Baptist preacher is. When when we say one, we really do mean one. (laughs) Right, right. This is your your closing comment. Your one close. One close. Well, 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 well. Townsend, Moving you know forward me, after you know, this, you know me. Uh, when uh, when it's time to close, I'm I'm closing uh, the the book. I'm closing the iPad. I'm closing everything, and I'm sitting down. All right. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, but but my my message moving forward. You know, I'm I'm old school, and and the only thing that I can really, I would really drive home. Uh, now that that things that, that that the world has has changed in a tremendous way, is uh, the word of the hymnologist who said time is filled with swift transition, that mm-hmm. none of us are moving mm-hmm. stand, but you know, you know to build your hopes on things eternal, to hold on to God's unchanging hand. That's that's the only thing mm-hmm. that I could that that I that I would drive home continuously now because just like the world has changed, He don't change. Just like uh, situations, 
and uh, change. He don't change. Just like our our, uh, our family structure, our uh, church family structure. You know, we uh, in Nassau County have taken a lot of major hits with with uh, with, with death due to this uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, you know, Bishop William Watson and Bishop David Gates both succumbed to to the pandemic. Um, you know, well, uh, they they passed away. We don't we don't have the we don't have the coroner's report on what happened, but they we know that they passed away. Well, 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 I, well, from reliable sources, yeah, that, that's where I got my information from, straight from the horse's uh, head. So I know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, sometimes and, uh, reliable right. sources aren't so reliable, but <laughs> all right, right, anyway, right. go ahead. Well, no, you you right about that one. I, you you absolutely right. You know, but uh, I, I I don't I don't think I don't think Aunt Janie would lie to me. So I wow. right oh, well, he's he naming names. Come, oh, Jesus. Well, your your back okay, is closed, yeah. Reverend Andre. Well, I ain't got I ain't got no listen. I ain't got no no ham and B three, so I can't close like I want to. You know, wow. so, you know well, find the exit. You can find the exit somewhere. <laughs> well, well, uh, no, no, seriously. You know that that's what I would say is to to everyone to keep holding on to, to God. No matter what things look like, no matter what things are seen, no matter how things are, are you know, are going, no matter what it, you know, it depends on it, nothing. Nothing really uh, is propagated or regulated to anything in this world uh, right now. But God, you know, Paul said, Paul said, neither life nor death, nor height nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor uh, things present nor things to come shall ever separate me from the love of God. So you have got to. Now, what I would drive home is stay with him and he'll stay with you. Uh, don't worry about this pandemic. Yes, we are practicing social distancing. Yes, we are, uh, um, you know, we, we, we're quarantining and, and obeying the laws of the land. But at the same time, and then really the other thing I drive, I want to drive home, really, uh, I don't care what Washington say, um, you know, listen, depending on a, stim- a stimulus or a tax refund, that ain't going to get you through. Only God will. And I know that for a fact. I know God will uh, because God is bigger than any, than any $1,200 that the, the White House can give me. God is bigger than any, than any uh, refund that you can get from the IRS. God is bigger. He will supply every one of your needs. God will supply. I mean, he'll open doors that you ain't even knocking on. That's how big the God I serve is. Yeah. And I that and, and that that's why we've got to hold on from this point forward. Don't let go. And no matter how rough it seems, no matter what goes on in your life, you got to hold on to Jesus. Because the, the fact of the matter is, uh, it's one thing to hold on to Jesus, but it is yet another thing when He grabs you back and hold on to you. So right. Uh, mm. that that right there is what we've got to hold fast to. That right there is what we've got to continue to uh, let God. Be true and every man a liar. That's what the word says. And and no matter awesome. what goes on in life, and no matter how it happens, no matter what people say, and no matter how things look, and no matter how many folks is dying, no matter how many people are getting the, uh, the, the virus, the only one that we can rely on to bring us through and to carry us through is God himself. And, uh, Amen. And that, that's, that's what I know. And uh, and that's that's my Baptist clothes, Townsend. We we gonna we gonna work on that. <laughs> All right. Amen. All right, Amen. Uh, Minister Shana. 
Yes, so um, I think that we all are definitely seeking and um, looking for um, God to manifest more than ever before, even those that are not uh, part of the household of faith, because, you know, whenever the world is upside down, God is always right side up, and so that will cause everybody to look up. And um, I think it's really important to drive home that our message must always continue to foresight the hope of God, uh, the hope of glory. Um, we do not have all the answers. We are mere instruments that the Lord uses to give hope to others who are seeking to be in Christ the way that, you know, we found the Lord. So um, we have to be very conscientious that when outside opens back up again um, or when we continue to go back into our places of worship, that those that come in, let us be prepared to serve mankind. Let us be prepared mm. to serve humanity. Let us be prepared to be holistic, um, to mm. continue to give the word of God because it is infallible and it is applicable to any state of man. But let us be aware of those that are coming into the faith. These are not folks that were raised in church predominantly mm. or brought up in the way predominantly. So let us be very conscientious and skilled in the delivery of the word of God also. Uh, that means we have to be very clear about our jargon, our terminology, the words we're using. Mm-hmm. Um, are they capable of understanding what we mean um, and being very simplistic the way that Jesus Christ did it when he walked this same earth? We have to be very mindful that our delivery and approach must maintain that there is life that there are options, that heaven can be your home, uh, that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and that there is a light in the earth, and it is Christ Jesus, and that his kingdom is not afar off, and that he is at hand and within arm's reach. So I think our message may have to shift back to the paradigm of Jesus saves, and that he is a provider, Mm. Um, and that we have to remember more importantly, that folks are going to be unemployed. So our churches have to start fixating themselves back into community service. Uh, We Mm -hmm. have to be mindful that folks um, may have experienced multiple deaths in one household. So we have to be prepared Mm. for grief counseling. Mm -hmm. So we have to fixate ourselves for that. I also think that it's important for our churches and for us that are in leadership roles to prepare ye the way for the unbeliever. Make sure that we are ready mm. to receive the center because they're not that we're not so far off from them in a way that we just can't remember how to serve them because we've been separated from the building. So we have to start thinking, mm. thinking about these things because remember, God gives us divine strategy. He's a skilled, wise man, and so are we. And so we have to use wisdom when we go back. And um, I'm reminded of a scripture in Colossians. 1 and 27, and it reminds us to know that to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we have to remember that God gives us understanding in the mysteries in these unforeseen times. Only he can give us navigation and guidance. So when we go back, let us not be remiss to give everybody navigation and guidance back to the hope of Christ and making sure that we can serve humanity as Christ served us when we were on the other side of the spectrum. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Amen. Thank you, Minister uh, Shana Yudse. Sister Tina Wilson, your closing uh, comment. So, um, also, just to piggyback on what was just said, I think we also will have to execute or show our patience towards the people who may not want to quickly return to the collective fellowship and the collective worship. Um, There'll be some people who are still afraid to come out of their homes. So I think it's important that we maintain our streaming and um, these alternate methods of people attending church and that we be patient and not make people feel guilty. Because as I mentioned earlier, this has been a traumatic experience for a lot of people and some won't feel immediately comfortable to just come back and to resume. So I think that we have to show patience. But I do believe, uh, like w- what she just mentioned, that there will be an influx of people who did not go to church, who have started to watch the online streaming and who want to be a part, and they'll come in. And we will have to also be aware of that and making sure that we are, you know, sensitive to their needs and things that, um, they'll need as foundation to building a relationship with Jesus Christ. But to the believer, um, just sending them back to the word of God, um, a book that is full of wisdom, a uh, Proverbs, I just want to read, uh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not oh, yeah. to thine own understanding in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And this scripture has been resonating with me so much lately, just finding pieces of my heart that still yet have not placed trust in him and understanding that if I'm honest with God, when I pray and I say, Lord, I trust you, Lord, I believe you, but there's a piece of me that I have seen show its ugly head and it's shown that I don't trust you in this area. And I'm still propping up my belief and my trust in this other thing. In other words, I'm leaning on my understanding of this situation, if I can just hustle a little harder, if I can take enough vitamin C, if I can do this, if I can do that, no, I want to give you all my trust and understanding that you care for me, and I acknowledge that, I acknowledge him, and he will direct my path, he, he will overturn the earth and show me which way to go, if I could just simply trust in him. So I'm just challenging us as believers to continue to put all of our trust in God as we move through this. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Sister Tina. Brother Ryan. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this short because I know I know I don't know anything about a uh, Baptist uh, clothes, so I'm gonna keep this short. But uh, a Bible is, uh, <laughs> wonderful love story, right? It's it's a a well-put-together book showcasing just how much God loves us. I mean, God is able to use some of the uh, some of the wickedest people, people with uh, disabilities, people who are vulgar, people who aren't all the way uh, good, you know, and it just goes to show you how much he can use anybody. And so, I want our takeaway is just to remember that God loves each and every one of us, no matter how bad the situation may be, no matter how bad you think you may be, God loves each and every one of us. And so we just have to remember this one thing that no matter what God is in control. Thanks for coming to my Ted talk. Amen. 
Amen. God bless you, Brother Ryan. Minister Derek? I think that um, just like the word of the Lord came to the churches in Revelation, there are two messages being sent out. There's a message being sent to the church. There's a message being sent to the community of faith and those who are seeking a faith. The message to the church is very simple. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. A lot of our churches have gotten pastoral-minded instead of Christ-minded. And when it comes to the fact that we are in a position now where preaching cannot hide behind a production, um, it's time now to lift up the name of Jesus more than ever before. So if there was a message to the church, it would be just to lift up Jesus um, in preaching, in teaching, in singing, in showing the world that, you know, exact, you know, exemplifying the attributes of Christ and the fruit of the Spirit um, to the community of faith and those who are seeking faith. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures is Matthew 1, uh, 25, uh, 1, 23. It says, Behold, the virgin shall bring, uh, be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And I believe that we are in a time where people are seeking something and someone. And if we continue as a church to lift up the name of Jesus and let them know that God is with us, despite what we're dealing with, despite what we're going through, despite what we're wrestling with, despite our economic hardships, despite the psychological, the physical, the emotional strain that COVID-19 is going and has taken us through, everything will be all right because God is with us. And my grandmom used to say, his track record's good with me. All right, so if his track record's good with me back then, why, in the midst of a global pandemic, should I doubt that he can't be with me now and even after this? Amen. And uh, closing, uh, Brother Marlin, my PR person, your closing <laughs> remarks. Uh Good afternoon to everybody assembled. Um, I've had the opportunity of sharing with you all on several platforms, and uh, you are all great and integral at what you do. Uh, therefore, anybody in the listening audience that would like to book any of the persons that's uh, labeled on the panel today, you can reach out to me, 516-236-3879. Amen, yes. And I did, I did, uh, did neglect to mention that. Please reach out to all of these uh, panelists today. They, God has uh, gifted each and every one of them in a special way. We thank you for listening to Global Gospel on this Saturday afternoon. Uh, we uh, are in a little overtime today, but we thank God for each and every one of you. Part one after this. Um, everyone in your respective places, God bless you. And I do just want to put a disclaimer out there. Side note. Uh, we know the Bible said, blessed are they that die in the Lord, for they rest from their labor and their works do follow them. So it does not matter who dies, where they die, how they die, because certainly we don't have the answers to God's infinite wisdom. But uh, we have to trust and believe that God has prepared a place for the saints. And so I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there because I don't know who died from what, when, where or how. But certainly we thank God for each and every one of you. We want everyone to log on immediately following this episode. And certainly you can hear this whole show in its entirety. And there are some nuggets from all the way from New York City to Jacksonville, Florida. We thank God for each 
and every one of you. Let us close in prayer. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you on today for your loving kindness. God, we thank you for your tender mercy. God, we thank you for this opportunity that you have allowed us to come together, brothers and sisters from north, south, east, and west, just to share with your people, to offer words of encouragement, of uh, enlightenment, God. God, we thank you for each and every ministry represented here, God. We pray that you would bless each and every one. They're coming in and they're going out. God, bless them in the city. Bless them in the field, God. God, uh, we ask that you increase them in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. God, increase their finances Mm -hmm. right now in the name of Jesus. God, whoever's listening today, touch, heal, deliver, save, set free. Let your healing virtue go out. Lift up those that are burdened down by your power divine. And God, most of all, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that he died on the cross, that we might have a right to the tree of life. We thank you that he shed his blood for the remission of our sins. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. You're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think according to your power that works within us. This is our prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the precious Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And God bless you. God has been so good to us. Just remember that as we go through the week. He's been so good. God bless you. It's a love too song, but I'ma sing it my way.